0: A seasoned sports fan teams up with a millennial opinions may vary but the debates assuredly won't disappoint check your sources it's the report old report here's your hosts john lund and al renato Well, Al, another exciting week in athletics. We have reached Super Bowl 58 in the National Football League. Some trades around the National Basketball Association to keep everybody's appetite wet. And the halfway point in conference play in the NCAA basketball world has some fans excited and some fans already disappointed as we get closer and closer to March. But where else to start? Nothing circles the wagons quite like the National Football League as the Kansas City Chiefs prepare to face the San Francisco 49ers in the Super Bowl on Sunday night. Prop bets are coming along. Maybe we'll have a couple of those for you people to keep your appetite wet as well. But everybody is talking about why the line hasn't moved basically at all for whence it was first released that the 49ers would beat the Chiefs by two points. Some books have moved the line down to a point and a half, but for the most part, it stayed true despite most pundits or popular people on social media and TV basically saying, How do you go against Patrick Mahomes and picking the Chiefs? So it's interesting to see that the Sharps have seemingly backed the Niners in a game like this. The public seems to be under the impression that I have fallen into where. Patrick Mahomes kind of has to prove you wrong in a sense in these sorts of games, although he has in his career, obviously. It's going to be an exciting matchup in that regard where it could seemingly go either way, and we have two of the best teams obviously playing each other. So we get to talk about it a little bit, and as a uh, salty Ravens fan, you <laughs> have a little bit of insight on what Kansas City did to win that game, what they might do against the 49ers, but overall. I think there's a lot of excitement going into a game like this, and that's really, I guess, all you could ask for if you're the National Football League or a fan of the sport if your team didn't end up getting there
1: again this year. Well, we know what they did uh, against the Ravens. They blitzed, and they blitzed, and they blitzed some more. What the Ravens didn't do was run the football or attempt to run the football, First of all, my apologies. Uh, you know, greetings to all of our fans and friends. A special greeting uh, to our buddy, uh, the great John Birch, who gave us a review on last week's program. We greatly appreciate the input and the constructive criticism. Um,
0: yeah, for anybody listened we, last week, I guess you shouldn't do your show with two tin cans and a string, despite us both living in upstate New York about an hour apart we probably should have just used the technology and not the old school way of doing things. So we've got it fixed this week. Don't worry, John, we got you covered for at least the most important game of the football season.
1: No commando walkie talkies. Um, but we appreciate that. And uh, hello to all our friends and fans. And you know, we're finally there uh, after, you know, do I want to say an eternity? It goes faster as time goes by, but this is always the worst week for me because the first week after the championship games, you talk about the championship games. For me, obviously, that was painful. And then you ease into the Super Bowl week, but the problem is you don't have any games this past weekend. So it really starts to drain you, and then you get Super Bowl week, which is just nonstop. Players and in interviews, which is really nothing you ever want to hear about. No offense to them, whatever product they're pushing on their visit to the Super Bowl uh, that they're sponsoring, uh, some of which always goes to a good cause, which is terrific, but they get a, a bit onerous to listen to. Uh, but now we get down to the game and it has not moved. Uh, it has been pretty steady and it is basically uh, the pundits now saying I can't pick against Patrick Mahomes now. I just can't do it anymore. He's proven to me through this run that when it looked like the seed of doubt had been planted, he's never played a real playoff game. He goes into Buffalo against a team that beat them during the regular season and is finally primed and ready to beat them. And they beat him. They beat him. Buffalo plays him tough. Buffalo runs the ball down their throat. But come the fourth quarter, Buffalo struggles to run the ball, and the running game kind of disappears. And, of course, as usual, Holmes does what he has to do, puts enough points on the board. And the chief defense stiffens just enough. You get a missed field goal, you get on. You move on. But then they play a team that I obviously – always oozing with objectivity. Thought it was the best team in the league, as many did, all year long. And I was supremely confident. As I said to Steve Torrey tonight, I never thought the Ravens were going to lose that game. I don't mean to sound cocky. It was no disrespect to the Chiefs. I love Andy Reid. Mahomes is the best quarterback alive. But I did not think that they would go in there and beat the Ravens. And I thought the Ravens would win by at least a touchdown. And if you told me the Ravens were holding the no points in the second half and 17 points, I would have doubled up my bat. Uh, But the Ravens, for some reason, chose not to run the football. The Kansas City defense confused Lamar, did not like the play calling, play selection, et cetera, be that as it may, the defense was terrific. (laughs) The same defense that couldn't stop the run against Buffalo didn't have to stop the run against the team with the leading rushing attack in the NFL. I can't believe the Niners will make that same mistake. Christian McCaffrey must be the key to this game. Christian McCaffrey must have at least 20 touches for San Francisco between running it and catching it. And the other thing to keep in mind is that even though the Ravens had the best rushing attack, the leading rush attack in the NFL, it was a different kind of rushing attack. They weren't, especially without Keaton Mitchell, going to rip off at any given moment a 50-yard gain on the ground or a 60-yard touchdown run. By Kirsten McCaffrey or Debo Samuel, who, when he is in the backfield, can score literally and break five tackles on the way from his side of the field. You just don't see the Ravens without Keaton Mitchell, who was their one threat to do that, um, do that with their rushing attack. That is a huge difference and a much different element that they're going to have to defend. Uh, They are renowned for breaking big plays, uh, especially with those two guys. And that's going to be something that they really haven't had to face yet in the postseason because it's rare how many teams in this day and age have backs who can score from the other side of the field. They've got two of them. One of them is a combo back and wide receiver. So it's going to be interesting to see how they defend. Uh, They're really going to have to be conscious – against the run and are, are they going to go blitz happy on brock purdy because brock purdy if you look at the numbers and i don't want to go through all the analytics but if you just look at the the ratings brock purdy has been incredibly effective against the blitz it hasn't been steve spagnola's blitz but he's been incredibly effective one of the most if not the most effective quarterbacks in, in the league against the blitz and they are Also, incredibly damaging with big plays slash yards after the catch. Whether it's McCaffrey on the run or out of the backfield, Samuel, in any aspect of the game, running the ball, catching it over the middle, screens. uh, They have the ability, same thing with Kittle, to turn 10 yarders into 50 and 60 yards. That's a big chore for the Kansas City defense. And how will Kansas City approach the game? from the offensive standpoint, are they going to look to be a ball control team? Are they going to look to have long time controlled drives like they did against the Ravens and keep the Raven offense off the field and try and help their defense by keeping the Kansas city offense, uh, excuse me, the San Francisco offense off the field. It's going to be a very intriguing matchup, a, a, a tremendous coach in Andy Reid. A thought by many: tremendous coach, in uh, you know, a a guy who blew one Super Bowl as an offensive coordinator, blew another Super Bowl uh, as a head coach, blew a conference championship game as a head coach by hideous play calling, all three times when his team had the lead and did not put it away. Uh, Had the Patriots dead to rights, and instead of Taking the seafruit, just taking a knee, running the ball up the middle and kicking the two-score field goal, calls for a pass. Sack, holding, boom, next thing you know, 28-3, gone. Uh, What would have been the clinching field goal? Gone. And uh, then in a championship game uh, against the Chiefs in the Super Bowl with the ball and the lead. Decides, you know, we're going to throw with Jimmy Garoffalo Instead of using his running game, which has been dominating the game, uh, he decides to throw on first and second down to complete complete punt. Game gets flipped, they lose. And then in a championship game against the Rams with a two-score lead and the ball, he decides to throw the ball instead of running the ball. Uh, you know, to eat some clock, to get some momentum going. Next thing you know, Rams come back. Take the lead, win the conference championship, win the Super Bowl. So, the hotshot San Francisco coach, to me, is really on call. He is up against it. His father won two Super Bowls. He ain't won shit yet, but everybody's got him headed to the Hall of Fame. I want to see what kind of game he calls because the last time I played a defense like this, similar, this strong, this effective, this versatile, I.e. the Ravens, they got their ass kicked. And let's be honest. Let's call it like we see it. We're objective here. They got their ass kicked for three quarters of two games. They are lucky to be here. They should not be here. They should have lost to the Packers. They clearly should have lost to Detroit, if not for Dan Campbell and his two moronic decisions, which flipped that game. So the question becomes, are the Niners ready to play and able to play a good playoff game for not one quarter or one and a half quarters, which is all they've done in the two prior games, but for four quarters, because even if it's not the great Kansas city, if it's the good Kansas city, they won't be able to get away with it. If it's the Kansas city we saw middle of the season, they can get away with it. If it's the Kansas city that we saw the last three weeks, there is no way in hell they'll be able to get away with playing three shitty quarters and steal the game. Absolutely no shot. So how are they going to come out? Are they going to come out and run the ball? Are they going to do what they do best? I want to see some quick passes? Is Purdy going to take care of the ball? Or is he going to be flustered, make bad throws? Are they going to avoid trying to run the ball? And I don't mean run it once, run it twice. Impress them with your intent to run the ball. Play action. Get Samuel involved early. Get Matt, you know, get where we saw that they were prone to quick stuff to the running backs. Uh, make those linebackers cover. Uh, are they gonna make them cover guys out of the backfield where you saw both the bills and the Ravens makes of hay, eight yards on first down, twelve yards on second down, six yards on first down. to get yourself in good second and short, Situations. Are they going to make those linebackers cover? They certainly have the ability to do it. in using McCaffrey as a brilliant receiver, are going to see them make those linebackers run with shots underneath to the receivers. How heavily they're going to use their tight end? Make them cover the tight end. You know, they must impose their will on Kansas City. They're supposedly this incredibly physical team. Everybody talks about how rough and tough, and they were the bullies of the NFC. Well, the Ravens went in there on Christmas night and kicked the shit out of them. And in two playoff games, they basically got their heads handed to them at home for the better part of a half of both games. That can't happen again, or this game will be a rout. Because they're not coming from way behind against the Niner defense. I don't see it. 27 7, 27 10, Chiefs. This game is over. Over. Now, I don't expect that to be the case. I expect the Niners to finally play a good game because, based upon what I've seen with their talent, they're too good not to. But Coach Shanahan better get his ass in gear because his team has come out flat as a fucking pancake the last two playoff games. And if they were playing, a better Packer team with a more experienced quarterback, they wouldn't have got past the Packers. And if they were playing a Detroit team whose coach's head wasn't so far up his ass and dumb as a box of rocks, they wouldn't be here. They will not have that opportunities against this quarterback, who's the best in the business. And this coach who is now been to five Super Bowls and looking to win his third. That's more Super Bowl wins than Bill Parcells. That's more Super Bowl wins than Tom Landry. That's as many Super Bowl wins as Bill Walsh. That's as many Super Bowl wins as Joe Gibbs. That's only one fewer Super Bowl win than the great Chuck Knoll. So, let's wake up, America. My name is Andy Reid. And I'm going to my fifth Super Bowl. And I'm looking for my third. I'm already on the way to the Hall of Fame. And my name ain't Dan Campbell. And my quarterback, you know, isn't your know, brother love. He's the best, and I'm the best. <laughs> and we're still underdogs. So I think it's going to be a terrific game. I hope it's going to be a terrific game. And I, I really don't know who's going to win. Because if it's a terrific game, that to the capabilities. If both teams play up to their capabilities, could be the team that has the ball last wins the game. And that's when you always bet on the homes. Talent-wise, it's San Francisco. The weapons are all over the field. How are they going to utilize them? How is Coach Shanahan going to put his multitude of weapons into effect? That is the key to me. The offensive scheming against the Kansas City defense, to me, is the key to the game. Because if the San Francisco offense outplays the Kansas City defense, I don't think the Niners can, or excuse me, I don't think the Chiefs can score enough. And that's no knock on Mahomes. I just don't think they will have enough weapons to score enough against the San Francisco defense. That's just my opinion. There's not a knock on the Kansas City offense in any way, shape, or form. I I just don't think they have enough weapons to score fast enough down the field in terms of big plays. Now, look, Mahomes could prove me wrong again, but it's not so much about him. It's not that I don't think he can't make the throws. Will they have the ability to get open other than Travis Kelsey? Will they have the ability to move the ball down the field? Uh, in short shrift against this defense. Uh, I don't think they were going to be able to do that very often. Uh, maybe they can get it down, you know, the long, slow drives. But the point is, I, I I don't see this being a wide open game. I think if it's a wide open game, it's clearly uh, to the advantage of the 49ers because they have more weapons in a wide open game. You know, they can win shootout advantage San Francisco. 20 to 16, advantage Chiefs. Chiefs also have the better kicker. Let's keep that in mind. So, my two cents is I I really don't know who's going to win, which which really makes it an interesting game. Hopefully for me, because you know I'm still having a hard time believing my team's not playing. And you always like to lose. You you always like to lose to the best team. So I guess from that vein, I I would love to see Andy Reid get his third Super Bowl and know that at least my team lost to the best team. But I really don't know. You know, gun to my head, you know, logically, objectively, Niners. Trend. Chiefs. You know, hot team. Team playing better. Chiefs are playing better. Chiefs play two terrific games. Mistake-free, on the road. Mahomes, brilliant. Running the ball when they have to. Specials, everything solid. Niners have sucked. And, And they pulled two rabbits out of the hat with a lot of help. So, looking
0: forward to it. It's funny you could just see it going either way. You could see Kansas City. Doing what they did against the Ravens. Moving the ball up the field. First drive. Touchdown. Here we go. Thanks for coming. Or you could see the 49ers defense. Three and out. Chiefs. Purdy. Completion. Completion. McCaffrey. Three, four runs. Couple first downs. Debo Samuel. Ayuk, 40-yard reception. Touchdown. Here we go. Thanks for showing up, Chiefs. Both teams have the opportunity to easily do those things. And you would just roll your eyes and say, well, here we go. We knew this was coming. It's not a surprise. That's the fascinating part of this game is whoever takes the early momentum, you could easily see it. It's a coin flip as to what team that's going to be. It could easily go how the chiefs have been playing where it's three and out with Purdy throwing a couple incompletions after McCaffrey gets stuffed on the first run, Chiefs go down the field and score, another three and out before you know it, the game's over. In a sense, where Kansas City goes up two touchdowns, then it's a battle, but that's what ends up doing the 49ers or can go the other way. I think both these teams are going to have a lot of excitement for that aspect, and the game could be told in the first couple possessions. Is there an answer... To you of What the better narrative would be For the winner We have Kansas City As a winner Getting the three The dynasty talk obviously correct For Patrick Mahomes Travis Kelsey, Andy Reid and Co Or The 49ers win Dethrone A dynasty Brock Purdy shuts everybody up Kyle Shanahan shuts everybody up. This great 49ers offense and a defense that's proved itself at some points finally gets San Francisco a title. Back to the parades Montana, Young, Rice, all those long years of disappointment erased. Or they're on the losing end, and it still is that narrative of Brock Purdy isn't the guy. Kyle Shanahan can't win the big game. What would be the best case scenario? Or is there not one? Or both options going to be good enough? They'll carry sports talk radio in a sense, something we somewhat care about. And the history books in general will be satisfied with either outcome.
1: Well, here's the way I will answer that. Most to gain, Shanahan. Purdy, Niners. Most to lose, Shanahan. Yeah. Purdy can play well and they can lose. And you can say, okay, you know, look, he played well. I mean, you can't knock him. He's our guy, he took us to a Super Bowl, he played really well. We lost. Um, but if Shanahan loses and his team plays well, or they stink up the joint. Doesn't matter. Shanahan is in a lose-lose. He's got to win. Or else you're going to say, how many, how many how many, times are we going to do this? Shanahan gets badly outcoached. He looks bad. It, it, it's a huge win or a huge loss for Shanahan. Period. End of story. Purdy, his first Super Bowl, you know, He's playing against a terrific defense. Even if he plays just okay, you can't throw stones and say, look, a, 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 a. we came back twice behind the kid. So, And he's just a kid. We don't have to pay him anything. Um, he's our quarterback. But they also got to pay a ton of other people. And I'm not going to sit here and give you this bullshit uh, get up Routine with Greeny And all these uh, windows closed windows up. Windows closed what? Look the Niners got a quarterback they're paying Nothing to they're going to have To start paying some people But so far they've managed to Put this roster Together where Through their own Dumb luck Literally after they traded Two first rounders Plus their own to move up a quarterback To draft a quarterback who we've said before, all right? No, he didn't play for NC State, he played for ND State. That's right, North Dakota State. Well, you could have gotten them where you were in the draft. You gave up two more first-round picks to move up to get them. And your starting quarterback in the Super Bowl is the last guy picked in in the entire draft. So, you know, and you don't have to pay them anything for a while. And you have to pay the other people. Meanwhile, Kansas City, everybody says the same thing. They're not going anywhere. So even if they get there and lose, and it's 2-2 two and two in Super Bowls for Patrick Mahomes and 2-3 and three for Andy Reid, where are they going? The only guy they're paying on the defense is their hot shot defensive lineman, Jones. The only guy they're paying on the offense is their quarterback. And Kelsey, how much longer is Kelsey going to play? The defense is all kids. The secondary is young. The linebackers are young. The offensive line is young. Mahomes' contract is in place. The receivers are young. They're just going to draft and develop and be there for the foreseeable future, right where they are now. Well, the defense... Regress a little, maybe, but the offense is going to get better. So they're in a very good spot, win or lose. If they win, obviously they're in a great spot. If they lose, well, you know they ain't going anywhere.
0: Well, the hysterical so, thing too is, is if you look at the 49ers being over in the NFC, you would think they would have the easier chance of getting back to this spot. As you mentioned, Brock Purdy's making nickels, they're bringing back the offense. Whereas you look at what the Chiefs had to go through and what's in the AFC, how could they possibly get back to these points? Well, you run through the Dolphins, you run through the Bills, you run through the Ravens on the road. We're back. I mean, what worse can happen next year for them to get back to the Super Bowl? Who else would they have to go through? Chargers are coming. <laughs> Come the Chargers. <laughs> so, if there was a year where you would think, "Oh, this is," really proving that it's going to be a harder. We don't know if they'll ever get back. Like the lions, Dan Campbell telling his guys, we don't know if we'll ever get back here again. It's on me. Well, Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes. Aren't too worried about that because this was their toughest task with arguably, as everyone has said, their worst offense receiving core wise. Didn't matter. You keep Travis Kelsey around for a couple more years. Even if you don't run him as much, have him do like that half season esque role like Gronk used to do at the end. Just bring him back for when it
1: matters. Well, the, the, look at look at Kelsey is turning into, you know, in terms of effectiveness when it comes to big games. Yeah, that's what he's turning into. You know, who was the guy who was always open? Well, there's basically you know two guys for New that were always open, and we know they were. Gronk was always open in a big spot, and Elvin's always open in a big every spot. time. And before and before him, Welker was always open in a big
0: every spot. time.
1: So, you know, these are the guys with the force fields. And you listen to the, the experts talk about, you know, look at that route. And they say they don't even run routes. They're on this mind fix with the quarterback after years of playing together and practice and knowing each other, the way each other thinks and the way that each other sees the field, that they're just, they're, they're finding a spot. There's an open spot. That's the route. The route I'm going to is wherever I can find a spot to get the ball. That's the route. And Kelsey has become that. And Mahomes always seems to have that Kelsey sense, that mind melt of I know where he's going to be at the most opportune time in which I need to find him to save my ass. Where I'm going down, I'm going wide, I'm coming forward, I'm falling down, I'm sidearming. All right, I'm desperate. Where is he? Right where I thought he'd be. Always just in time. But, you know, it, it, there's only so much luck before you have to say they're great. And Kelsey is, is a great player. How much more has he got left? I don't know. But he's been great in the postseason after, for him, a mediocre regular season. And obviously, he was the difference in the game against the Ravens. He was brilliant. Now, you know, also, Mahomes made a vast amount in the first half of fabulous throws where, you know, he was not that open in certain throws uh, to everybody, uh, but especially to Kelsey and finding him on third down and on fourth down with sure small openings and a little bit of space. You know, Mahomes' accuracy has been terrific in the playoffs. Better than it was last year. Better than probably his last couple of years. Purdy will have to be incredibly accurate. Purdy will have to be uh, excellent under pressure. Uh, you know the the thing that w- will we see Purdy able to use his legs to get a couple of big first downs. Uh, Brandon Ayuk, how much of a factor is he going to play? And obviously their tight end, who is immensely talented and a huge breakaway threat. George Kittle has the opportunity. Know, We see him, again, another guy who scores from the other side of the field. 45, 55, 65-yard plays to your tight end. So they're the big play team. They're the big play team. And Kansas City's got to minimize those. Uh, It's, to me, this is the game for Shanahan's moment. This is needs to be his time because the nfc is going to start getting a lot tougher you know with the teams are going to be drafting quarterbacks with the lions who are getting better right uh, with seattle who's a quarterback away from being being good you know with the rams uh, who are pretty darn good uh, with philly who's not going anywhere uh Yeah, forget the NFC South. (laughs) Leave them out of the picture. (laughs) Although if they ever get a a solid quarterback, Atlanta could be pretty good. But the point is, um, you know, because of the situation financially and uh, the the fact that I think the conference is going to start getting better as a whole and catching up, this is their time. You know, this is his moment. This is not his first go-around. Now, this is his second Super Bowl you know, as a head, as a head coach. Uh, he's in the postseason every year. When are you going to coach a good game in the biggest one? You haven't done that yet. Every game you've lost in the postseason, you've coached miserably. Miserably. And now right, you are going up against what is fast, quickly becoming a legendary coach. Who's already won two and is in his fifth. When you're going to win your first, and when again, as we said to start the show, you must have your team more prepared to play. You know, your team simply was not in the mix for an entire half, and you know, almost another quarter, and certainly the first game. That can't happen again. You know, Kansas City is going to be ready. You know, Kansas City is going to be prepared. You know, Kansas City's not going to come out and look like they're sleepwalking. And what is you know his team gonna do? Is his team gonna be ready? His quarterback gonna be ready. What do you do if you win the, what do you do if you win the toss? You take the ball, you're gonna defer. If your Kansas if you're if you're San Francisco and you win the toss, what are you gonna do? I want the ball.
0: Hopefully, the to toss is heads as well. If you're into that, you in that sort of thing,
1: if you're if, if if you if if I'm Kansas City, I defer. Yeah, I, I'm with you on both those accounts. All right, but if I'm San Francisco, I want to take the fucking ball and yeah. I want to turn McCaffrey loose. Yeah, and I want to turn Samuel loose and I want to hit him and I want to hit him early and I want to hit him hard and I want to make a statement. I don't want them with the ball in the field first. No shot. I want the ball. I want to get on the field and I'm going to turn my best player list. So I'd be very surprised if San Francisco wins the toss and defers.
0: couple off the field items. Fans of the show know we record this on Thursday night. The NFL awards have been announced periodically throughout the evening. Al, as a Ravens fan, will be happy to hear that Lamar Jackson has won his second MVP award. Just about unanimously, 49 first-place votes. Could you care to guess as to whom had the lone other first-place vote?
1: I mean, obviously, the logical choice would be Patrick Mahomes, but if you want me to go off the wall, I'll say, not really off the wall, I'll say Christian McCaffrey. Josh Allen. Okay. Fine with I. I'm I'm surprised there weren't you know a, a few a few more votes in other directions.
0: Tied yeah, for it's... second place, votes with seventeen apiece. Christian McCaffrey and Dak Prescott. <laughs> Fourth, with ninety seven total votes. Brock Purdy. Josh Allen fifth, then Tyreek Hill, Mahomes, C.J. Stroud, Matthew Stafford, Miles Garrett. No surprise for Lamar winning. I guess I didn't think it would be this close to unanimous.
1: I'm I'm a little surprised by the uh, the size of the margin. Uh, I thought that uh, you know McCaffrey might be in there. Uh, with a few more votes, uh, you know, I thought the same with respect to um, uh, Josh Allen. You yeah, know, who would be closer. You know, again, this was set up to be Lamar's year, uh, and it almost was all the way uh, because he said, you know, that the goal is Super 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 and uh, everything fell into place except the last step. He, he was the MVP. Yeah, you know, and I say this objectively. He was the MVP of the
0: league. Offensive player of the year went to McCaffrey. CJ Stroud, offensive rookie of the year. Miles Garrett won his first defensive player of the year award. Will Anderson Jr., defensive rookie of the year. Kevin Stefanski, coach of the year for the second time for the Cleveland Browns. And one of his five quarterbacks, Joe Flacco, comeback player of the year. Going to show that winning with the Cleveland Browns is greater than sign, more important, or more impressive than dying on the football field and coming back to life like DeMar Hamlin did last season. And this, that's where the Cleveland Browns are at. <laughs> Joe Flacco winning comeback player of the year, sitting on his couch. He beat there unemployment, go, people beat injuries. People beat uh, narratives about your career being over like Baker did. Joe, the first one to just beat unemployment. <laughs> Good for you, Joe. We also had the Pro Football Hall of Fame announced. The newest members for the 2024 class. Dwight Freeney.
1: No brainer.
0: Randy Gratishar. Syracuse. Syracuse. Uh, Denver Broncos fans for, excited be, for that
1: one. Been out for a long time. Andy Gratish, Ohio State linebacker. Been he
0: has records where he's one of only 11 linebackers to do X, Y, and Z and the other ten are in the Hall of Fame. So it kind of works Wait, so out eight, for that. Eight,
1: eight, 8 million career tackles. He Give made a lot of tackles. Made a lot of tackles.
0: Andre Johnson Houston Texan. Great. I'm not going for that one. Not a hall
1: of famer debate.
0: Steve McMichael.
1: Uh, another one. Who's you sure. just want to be a part, part of that incredible uh, bear defense, Julius Peppers. Another one who's borderline for me,
0: Patrick Willis. A lot of borderline guys. And the wild card of wild cards, Devin Hester.
1: Yeah. And you want the greatest kick returner of all time. I mean, maybe the numbers say so. Uh, He wasn't the greatest kick returner I've ever seen. You know, I go back a long ways where I saw a lot of great guys in, uh, you know, the AFL uh, slash early NFL, Uh, you know, like Nolan, super, Nat Smith, Billy White shoes, Johnson, and uh, and Leslie speedy, uh, speedy Duncan. Um, you know a lot of guys were get kick returners. He was one who was around the longest, and uh, I guess, you know, he, I believe he's got the career record for most touchdown returns, at least he did at one point in time. I don't know if that merits Hall of Fame, uh, quite frankly, I don't, but you know the specialist nature, I guess it's tough to argue if you were the best of all time. Uh, at it in terms of the numbers. I don't think he's the best kick returner I've ever seen, like I said. Uh, but you can certainly make the argument. I can understand the argument that he is. But there are a lot of borderline guys this year for me. Not, you know, a couple that I just don't think are Hall of Famers. I don't think the receiver is Hall of Famer. Andre Johnson, very, very good player. I don't think he's Hall of Fame.
0: Well, you've got, here's the 10 that didn't make it this year, again for some, Antonio Gates, Torrey Holt. Reggie Wayne, Jared Allen, Fred Taylor, Rodney Harrison, Darren Woodson, Jari Evans, Eric Allen, Willie Anderson.
1: I I, I think that uh, Torrey Holt, and who was the other receiver you mentioned? Reggie Wayne. Uh, Torrey Holt and Reggie Wayne were as good as Andre Johnson.
0: I am privy to Torrey Holt just because I have spoken to him in real life many a time. I don't know how those two, and especially him, get in ahead of Andre Johnson. You want to put Andre like Johnson heard, in at some point? Sure.
1: I heard Tory Holt. I heard Tory Holt the other day. Um, I believe on FAN. And they were talking about you know, the Super Bowl they lost. Yeah. Uh, seemed like a very cool guy.
0: I mean, you don't get the greatest show on turf without him as a part of it, obviously. Oh, absolutely. But what he also has done off the field since his retirement just loves, yes, NC State, loves, right? yes, yeah. NC State N- incredible N- career there. He's in their Hall of Fame. He's in the College Football Hall of Fame. Just being an ambassador for the game, anything that's asked to him, at least I could speak for the Sirius XM radio side on NFL radio or the college channels. He, he'll he do contests where he surprises fans with tickets to the Super Bowl or he'll do special events and he'll do speaking engagements. He loves football. He loves people. He loves the sport. He's just such a great Person that should have on a gold jacket To represent the National Football League I don't get the weight I think he's seven years or something He's been waiting now I don't understand it Andre Johnson was catching passes From uh, grocery bag employees We get it But understood. Come on
1: Understood And, and a very good player But uh, You know I, I just It's it's it, Hall of Famer doesn't jump off the page of me when you when you tell about Andre Johnson, really good player. Um, I, I think that uh, you know too many guys get in to the NFL Hall of Fame. I'm not saying they're obviously they're all good, uh, but you know defensive line. I'd like to think somebody was dominant to get in the Hall of Fame. I never thought as Michael was a dominant player, was a really good player. Julius Peppers probably more so. Uh, you know, they got to get so, so, so many guys You have to make it. So, um, but you know, when it comes to the baseball hall of fame, there's no requirement and they put guys in that I don't think you're any business getting in there, which we talked about.
0: <laughs> but, don't get us started. So, Don't get us started on the baseball hall of
1: fame. Are, are you ready to give me a prediction, a final score under over where are you going? What do you
0: like? I think N-Y. to to put a bow on this before that, since you are the old report of the show and don't have a dog in this fight. And and I really do not. Um, or this one, I, that this, I, this is an off-the-field issue, which you don't have a dog in the fight in either, which is also good to ask you about. The Taylor Swift, Travis Kelsey coverage. I am a incredibly big taylor swift fan i can't call myself a swifty as the obsessed do because they are at a different level of crazy there needs to be a telephone number for these people to call the obsessed nature with this poor woman is something that'll be studied many years from now as a cult following really but i've been a fan since she started her work Travis Kelsey seems like a great dude. His brother, the same. As a Broncos fan, I'm not supposed to like these people. I'm not supposed to take joy in their happiness. This is what happens when you're in high school and you've got a crush on the the music theater girl and she flirts with you too because she's a nerd. And then all of a sudden the quarterback takes interest. You've seen it in every movie that exists. The quarterback gets the girl and you're left with nothing. Happens in real life, too, Al. <laughs> but the coverage this week where, as you talked about, the Super Bowl media lead up is just a circus of silliness and stupid questions and everybody and their mother getting press credentials to be able to walk around Radio Row and think they have enough Credential and quality to ask professional athletes or actors or superstars Whatever stupid question they come up with without any penance for it And all he's getting asked about is What do you think about her winning the Grammy Award? What do you think about her new album? How has she been with this? How do you feel about that? And he's taking it all in stride He said all the right things He can't say anything wrong because the tabloids will rip him to shreds but he's been sitting at the podium for the first couple days of these Super Bowl briefings, not talking about what he hopes to do on offense or how they could beat the 49ers again. But hey, what did you think about Taylor's this and that and the other thing? Guy's got to be pulling his hair out once he gets off these podiums. But from you as a fan watching football games and obviously thrown in the fire for the playoffs, there weren't any other games on. We were tuned into the Chiefs and she gets thrown on the screen every once in a while, gets a mention here and there. As the old report of the show, what have your feelings been on the whole Taylor Swift, Travis, Kelsey saga? I, I, I
1: have, first of all, I'm in no way, shape, or form a Taylor Swift fan, Swifty. Um, I don't know the names of any of her songs. <laughs> I, if if you know, I, I may recognize one of her, You know, if, if you tell me, yeah, there's, like, there's a handful a you would know just to hear it. No question. I'm sure there are songs of hers that I know and have heard, but I wouldn't know it's her unless she said, right. yeah, I, I would say, yeah, I've heard that song. And you say, oh, you know that Sailor surface, No, I didn't know, but okay. That's a good song. <laughs> sure. uh, I have no problem with her. I'm, I think it's cool she's a huge football fan, or at least a fan of a, of a football player. Um, you know, we see Jerry Jones all the time. You know, we see Chris Christie in the, we see other select, you know, what's the problem with seeing her? I got a problem with it. Am I sick of Travis Kelsey? Yeah, probably. You know, I asked this question the other night. Um, How much of it, you know, of the Taylor Swift attacks are attributed to the fact that her boyfriend is Travis Kelsey because, you know, A, America is sick of the chiefs. And be you, know, Travis Kelsey. You, know, we're probably sick of him too, not just because the fact that he's always catching passes, but as I said, you know, last week I really you know, he is chippy. He never shuts up. I really was pissed at the call where Benoit got called for that this the, first of and the, the, the headbutt. When I thought Kelsey, what he was doing was just as bad as what uh, Flowers got called for. He was taunting, he was chirping back and forth, and he started it. And then the guy who did something got caught. And instead of second and ten, it turned into uh, first and ten, which was the beginning of the drive for the field goal to make it seven and seven. So I, I'm sick of him chirping all the time. He gets away with all kinds of horseshit uh, that other players get called for. So I really wonder how much of it is just her and how much of it is the fact that she's going out with the chief and it's Travis Kelsey. What if she was going out with Purdy? You know, let's pick another successful team and successful guy. What if she was going out with uh, Josh Allen? What if she was going out with uh, Lamar Jackson? Uh, what if she was going out with, uh, let's say Patrick Mahomes? Well, well he is a chief, so let's take the chiefs off the table. You know what? What, what if she was going out with uh, you know one of those three guys, who are uh, you know three really famous players on uh, really good teams. Would it it be as anti-Swifty as it is since she's not going out with Kelsey? I think it would be, I I don't think it would be as anti-Swifty as it is if it was one of those other players. You know, I think the tired, the tiredness that we're sick of that we want to see somebody, okay, knock the Chiefs off, adds, I don't want to say injury to insult, but adds to the uh, almost, Jealousy—it's too good, right? Why can't she be going out with a guy who isn't, who doesn't, who who isn't, you know, a, a chirper that wins all the time? Why can't she be going out with a guy who's finishing second?
0: Yeah, why? Or, you know, why aren't you dating why, somebody why, on the why, why Jets?
1: Why don't you feel loss? It's your first well, season you as a fan with,
0: and you're at the Super Bowl already.
1: Well, why aren't you going out with your why can't you go out with Josh Allen who loses all the time to the Holmes? Right. Why can't you why aren't you going out with Mark Jackson who spit the bit again in the playoff game? Why aren't you going out with Brock Purdy who's Mr. Irrelevant, right? Uh, versus going out with you know, the guy on the championship team who's catching every pass and who's obnoxious as hell. So I think that adds fuel to the fire. But the long answer to your short question is, I've got no problem.
0: That's the right answer. Not to put an opinion on people, but I don't think the Travis Kelsey part is that big of a deal. Percentage-wise, it's probably like 90-10. Because it's funny, the Travis Kelsey that we know, the you've got to fight for your right to party, interrupting Mahomes at the post-game interviews, he's only done that one time after they knew they were going to the Super Bowl on the stage, and then the camera points to Taylor and everybody on social media is like, this is her first interaction with this Travis Kelsey that we've known for years where he's just screaming at the top of his lungs after winning. Rightly. So I honestly think the hate or fictitious hate or pretend hate, or we need to hate because let's get on the social media mob train as we're love to do now in 2024 is similar to What's been a problem in golf And I'm shocked that it's a problem In the National Football League But not really It's this feeling amongst these These blue collar Red blooded American Beer drinking dudes That say football's ours Sundays are ours With the guys With the boys Football's our escape from you people we get a we watch football to get away from you from this. Back to the fear factor. We're you're watching invading. football as men. And you're here invading. you are coming to our games, cheering and being on our TV. This is our sport, lady. Get lost.
1: Man, you're invading our space, but we got no
0: problem watching those cheerleaders with the cleavage. Oh no. We want the. Dallas Cowboy cheerleaders
1: on our TV. Where are those Where are those Rams embraceable? Use give me some cleavage, please. Where are those Raiderettes? I apologize. I don't know if they're the Raiderettes or not. But you know, the the teams, the gals who had the most revealing costumes, in my mind, were always the embraceable use for the Rams. And I don't even know if they exist anymore. And the 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 Raiders cheerleaders, which I will call the Raiderettes, I don't know if they were or not. But you know, those are the guys. You, those are the girls you want to watch. You don't want to see Tra, You, you want to see Travis Kelsey's girlfriend in the booth.
0: We're okay. Seeing the corpse of Jerry Jones and Robert Kraft and whatever you want to call Al Davis's son's haircut. you show those dudes in the box. No problem. We're fine here Jerry after the game. Love hearing old, his opinions. old old rich guy owners. Don't old white, white owners in football. You bet your ass. But you want to show this pop star with millions upon millions of fans for literally after, I think it was the New York Times or one of the outlets, had to do the math and calculate how long she's shown in a game, and we're barely grazing 20 to 25 seconds, an entire broadcast. But it's ruining football for us that she's on TV for literally a two-second blip after an exciting thing happens to the person that she's dating. But we'll show Giselle... Hell, there was a Super Bowl prop bet last time Tom Brady was there, and they were in good standing. How many times are we going to show Giselle on the broadcast? Over under two and a half. We fucking loved it. But now we're back to the Jessica Simpson days when we didn't even have the obsession of social media like we do now, where that poor girl was shown when Tony Romo was struggling, and we knew
1: she was hated. Speak for yourself on the... The, the social media obsession. True. Okay? The old and report has
0: spoken. My apologies the, the, the for old, throwing you into that is,
1: bubble. The old report is pure. The old report is focused. The viciousness and you know, the the bullish nature. One of the biggest problems we have in this country is bullying. And social media is a huge part of it because people can do and say whatever they want and hide behind, you know, the words. Because you're not seeing them saying they can say whatever they want and put it out there no repercussions can be a tough guy can be a tough guy or a tough girl you know uh whether or not you know you can back it up doesn't matter you can talk as tough as you can write that's the bottom line um so it, it, it's i think poison it's one of the great uh in, incredibly vicious aspects of what's going on in in this country, plain and simple. It is the cancer that is social media. It is one of the worst things that's happened. I don't care about the progress of computers. I don't care about Google. I don't care about TikTok, Hopscotch, IMG, MGI, Instagram, Insta this. Social media is a vast wasteland of shit. Garbage. It is hideous. And it has been one of the major factors in the ruination of this country and the disrespect that people show for each other. Uh, And you've got basically vicious, uh, fearful people out there. And what they do is they take their frustrations out on social media because there is no penalty for what they do on social media. There is no uh, factor by which they can be judged by their peers because you don't know where it's coming from. There there are no repercussions that you suffer from what you do on social media. And it's, it's awful. It's absolutely awful.
0: And it's and fueled by each side of it because she's not looking to get on camera. She's coming to the game, walking to the suite, cheering on her team now, her boyfriend, and going home. It's the people that always have their phone out and they're always looking for something. She's got to be on top of her game always. There can't ever be a bad day. There can't be a slip-up. There can't be a bad moment because then that goes on all the tabloids across the country and the world. You can't win album of the year take an award from Celine Dion on the stage not give her a hug and expect for people to not say well why'd she snub Celine she hate her what's I, going I, on I I,
1: I, I I was a little surprised at that
0: until after the it. awards where immediately pictures come out of them hugging backstage pictures together smiles I, happiness etc
1: so I said I said two? to my son all right when you know we were watching it And she took the award and really didn't do much in terms of, you know, hug, handshake, whatever. I said, she's going to get roasted for that. Yeah. You watch right away. You know, you could at least, and I even said, you could have at least been shown a little more, uh, courtesy, you know, to a superstar who's back there making her first appearance in forever because of, uh, you know, her condition. Great to see Celine back. Nothing, no, no hug, no, no handshake, no, how great it is to get the award from you. And, uh, you know, maybe you just like grab and go burger. Um, I think so it was just,
0: just being completely shocked she won.
1: I've I I honestly don't think
0: she expected it, and it was just caught up in the know, moment. It's uh, how many things know, can yeah. you do? You're you're like, oh, what am I going to say right now? Oh, Celine Dion. Yep. Yeah, <laughs> you agreed, like you, but, you, she has to walk into the stadium smiling because every camera is on her for a low. She's got to just be always. Always, always well, that's, that's on. That's
1: part of the look. That's part and of, of course, yes,
0: that's part of the deal. I, I agree with you hundred percent. But the
1: there, there are there are what comes with this kind of absolute popularity and you know, idolizing is that you are on call twenty four seven. Simple as that.
0: The obsession yeah. from both sides is phenomenal. Whereas I wish I... more people would take a stance like yourself and just say, "Okay,"
1: and move on. That's it. Okay, there's Taylor. Great. That's why I'm. That's why back I'm obsessed to the game. That's why I'm obsessed with the games. All right, and not social media because you know no one is perfect. Number one which we know. But the element of imperfection is one thing. But when you are under constant scrutiny, it's just, there's, you you don't have any idle time. There's no time when there's there's no moments when you're not being scrutinized
0: and somehow to Ex- bring I positivity,
1: I guess, except for when you're sleeping
0: positivity to, for what she tips all the workers at these games to how she's, she's brought up the women, the wives, Brittany Mahomes, the other wives that are in the suites, how she rises them up to a different level, how fun the Jason Kelsey interactions was with his wife when they were in the suite just elevating everybody else around her as well as having to be at the top of your life all the time and you've got these fucks that can't accept or be happy for this part in life because they're ruining their sport get a life man we're gonna see L and the Super Bowl, and I'll predict this. And it's not really going out on a limb. This will be the most watched Super Bowl of our lives, and she's gonna be the reason why it is. No question about it in my mind. Well,
1: I think the game will have something to do with it too. If they were playing Tampa, or if they were playing Minnesota, you know, two smaller markets, you know. Uh, I, you know, they're playing the Cowboys, absolutely. Niners, yes. Uh, maybe even the Eagles, but you know, playing the Niners for sure. Playing the Cowboys for sure. The defending champs, Mahomes, Her, absolutely. Chiefs,
0: Ravens, most watched, watched AFC Championship game ever heard. by 10 ever. million viewers. Yep. I can't imagine yep. where those those extra viewers are coming from. Al, where where could they be?
1: Yep. This will be the most watched Super Bowl ever. Uh, I guess it'll probably be the most sport, right? The most watched sporting event ever.
0: It's not for Usher at halftime. It's yeah. not going to be for Reba singing the national anthem to start things no, off. No I can off- tell no you no that.
1: Offense. No offense to Usher, because regardless of who is performing at halftime, unless it's you. know, a personal favorite of mine, which probably only would be, you know, Springsteen. Um, yeah, that's time to walk Bob. <laughs> so <laughs> half times four, gotta walk the dog.
0: I'm surprised you won't be excited to hear such
1: hits as yeah. And I, it, it, it's, it's not usher. It, it could be, like I said, pretty much anybody. Yeah. I'm, with um, you know, it, 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 n- n- name that artist. And, uh, you know, I'd be walking the dog. He's got to go. <laughs>
0: gotta go sometime yeah it's gotta be half time and certainly not going at the end of the third
1: we gotta sit down and see this thing no, out no sir we hope that we gotta see this thing out you know if it's 34 if it's 34-7 you can want the done.
0: I will go with twenty-seven seventeen. Kansas City Chiefs
1: your MVP will be oh
0: That's a great question. Easy answer is Mahomes. Second easiest is Kelsey. How about I give you the wild card of Pacheco?
1: Two rushing touchdowns. Okay. I'm going to go the easy route in terms of the MVP. I'm going to pick Christian McCaffrey as the MVP, which tells you who I'm going to pick to win. I am going to go. 30-27 Niners. And as I said before, I think the Niners have to win a shootout. I think the Chiefs have to win a low-scoring game. I think it'll be played more in the Niners' style in that you're going to see a couple of those big plays uh, for either scores or setting up scores. And I think McCaffrey will have to be at the heart of that if San Francisco is to win. And um, as I said, this is their chance. This is their best opportunity. Because the AFC every year is going to send somebody who's rough and tough, whether it's the Chiefs, whether it's the Bills, whether it's the Ravens, whether it's the Bengals, whether it's the Chargers eventually, okay, you're going to see a big-time competitor all right, coming out of the AFC with a big-time quarterback. and So whoever's there from the NFC, they're going to have a load to play. So I think that uh, this is... a a Niner team with the least amount of weapons, excuse me, this is a a chief team with the least amount of weapons that the Niners are ever going to see in the Super Bowl. This is their chance. And they're never going to be better. They're never going to have more weapons at a higher talent level uh, than they have right now in the group that they've got. McCaffrey can't be any better. Samuel can't be any better. Ayuk can't be any better. The tight end can't be any better. And all in their physical primes. And all healthy. So, this is the time. This is is his moment. I'm almost rooting against them Because I don't like Shanahan. I think he's a know-it-all. I think he's arrogant. And I think he's overrated. How can you not like Purdy? But I love Andy Reid. I'd love to see Andy Reid get another Super Bowl. Since this was not going to be at my, you know, I guess it is, you know, at at my behest, because you beat the Ravens on the way through. But the the good part is that I'll I'll never lose to Andy Reid the Super Bowl. (laughs) I'll just lose on the way. That's a good point. Um, but I think he's a fabulous coach. And I love him in Philly. And he took a lot of heat. Part of the reason I loved him is, is he had my college quarterback, you know, in McNabb. I thought those were fun teams. I thought they were good teams. I never thought they were great teams. Um, they were always missing something, except the one year they had Owens, and they went to the Super Bowl and lost by a field goal. Uh, they never had great receivers. Uh, he had the really good running back, uh, some pretty good defenses. And uh, probably lost some games he should have won, in in NFC Championship games. Won some we should have lost, but uh, I always rooted hard for him because I thought he was a really good guy and a good coach. And I'm even though it, it hurts that they beat the Ravens and they're in this game, I pretty much always root for for him. Even though sometimes I, I can't help but root against Mahomes. Or Kelsey, just because I want to see him lose once in a while. But I, I love the coach. I think he's a, a, a wonderful guy. I think he's handled himself well over the years and losing a lot of big games because he's played in so many of them. And now that he's finally won them, he's handled himself the same, well, same way. Always there to take the questions uh, in wins and in losses. Always polite to the press. Always, always very cordial and very humorous and very self deprecating. He had to deal, you know, obviously a tough situation with his son and, you know, dealt with that well. And um, I I just think he's an impossible guy to root against. So, you know, I'm almost hoping that I'm wrong, but I'm going 30 27 Niners. Uh, And as I said, if McCaffrey's not their MVP, he's got to be close for them to win. McCaffrey must have a big game because he's the wild card because he can beat you running the ball. He can beat you catching the ball, and it can be from anywhere on the field. He can, you know, run for sixty-five. He can catch a pass and go sixty-five. As can Samuel, uh, you know, but Samuel's just not going to run it as often as McCaffrey. They, they've got the two most electric guys on the field They've got the two game breakers
0: Enjoy the game Enjoy the food And enjoy Taylor Swift You sexist fucks <laughs> Hell, It's always a pleasure We'll do it again next Folks, week
1: Folks, my partner, the great John Tinyland on El Renato A.K.L. from White Plains Enjoy Super Bowl Sunday Let's all hope it's a great game Take care, everybody